Hello and welcome to Terror Talk on the Terror Express. I am Jason Bradford. And with us we have returning Jimmy Presley. And Jimmy is the author of Bloody Halloween. And we are going to talk about Friday the 13th. Um, two things to start this off. First, hello, Jimmy, and welcome back to the Terror Talk on the Terror Express. Hey, Jason. It's great to be here, as always. And I love love having you here anytime, anytime. And the second thing I want to say is happy birthday to Jason. Um, today, June 13th, is Jason Voorhees' birthday. He was born 1946, son of Pamela Voorhees, and it's not necessarily canon, but, you know, a fan fan lore is that Elias was his father. But it, however you look at it, we want to say happy birthday to Jason Voorhees, our favorite maniacal serial killer. And that's what we're going to talk about Friday the 13th. One of my favorites, you know, ever since I was a kid, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and jump jump into that right now, if you like. Let's talk about our first time watching Friday the Thirteenth and what impact it made on us that we still carry with us today. Yeah, I can give you a quick version of mine. I uh, I remember everybody has that movie they remember and they think about being a kid. And there was two for me. There was Jaws, and mm-hmm. there was Friday the Thirteenth. And to this, uh, well, not to this day, I'm not nervous, but. I'll tell you what, as a kid, the memory's still strong to this day, but <clears throat> because of the killer in Friday the 13th, uh, the very first one, I actually, I've told this story before, but I used to sleep in the floor beside my bed, made sure mm-hmm. my bed was clear, and I laid there with my facing under my bed to make sure that the killer <laughs> wasn't there due to so the that kill. <laughs> you, you were the person hiding under your bed. <laughs> I was the person. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so funny looking back, but yeah, we could talk about that for 20 minutes. Let me tell you, it was, she made an impact. <clears throat> she did. And you know, with me, it's funny. I saw Friday the 13th part two and three and four and five before I ever even seen the original. And I remember watching the original and I was honestly, okay. And sorry, you know, to all the people who love part one out there at the time, I was very underwhelmed. I thought this this was what started all of those other films that I've already watched. But after rewatching it, obviously, and growing with it, um, I was 13. I say I was about 13 or 14 the first time I saw it. It has become iconic to me. It is definitely, I, I watch it now and I see the landmark and I see the boundaries that it pushed. And I see, even though it's a copycat of Halloween, it was a money grab. It's it's loved and it's respected and it has set the path for so many slasher films, even more so than Halloween. And I see it as that now, and I love it, and I love Adrian King, and I love um, I love the cast. You know, Marcy and Brenda and Jack and Nettie. It's like they would be such a great, cool group of kids to hang out with, which makes it all the more terrifying because these are the kids that are obviously going to have a bad day. Yep. Let me picture it. Nineteen. 79 um you know the film came out in 80 that was the year i was born it was just the perfect setting for me as a kid um i'd always loved camping um even as a young kid and out pops this idea i mean you're in the woods and you're miles from any kind of help and this stalker you know coming after you and, and, and does a good job of getting you one by one by one it just uh the impact 
I mean, I don't even think this generation, and I'm not trying to be rude or toward anybody, but mm-hmm. is it the same for this generation when they see it? It, just, it doesn't feel like when we were kids and movies came out. Just the way I, that... I, no, I think, I guess the best way I can describe it is I feel like the younger audiences are desensitized to horror and violence compared to yeah. what we had as, as kids. I mean, we didn't even have to have the violence and go or look at Michael Myers in the original Halloween. There was very little blood in that movie. It was just, it was an intense chase and it was terrifying. If that film were to be released today as it is, I think it would be one of those unheard of films that nobody would know of, nobody would talk about, and it would be a standalone. I don't think it would go anywhere today. It's very tame. I'd have to agree 100%. Uh, that was kind of the, the difference between Friday the 13th and Halloween. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. compared to movies now, Friday the 13th kind of seems almost tame. But I think for the at the time, yeah. wow. <laughs> yes, I remember my sister going to see the original on opening weekend with her friends. And she came home. I was, I was only eight years old. My mother didn't let me go with my sister to see it because uh, my sister was wanting to go with her friends and you know they're much older than i am so i wasn't allowed to take along but i just remember my sister coming home after seeing it and saying jason oh my god this movie was so terrifying there was a girl who got a axe in the head in the shower and i just remember that stuck with me for years and the first time i saw it i i remembered my sister kind of spoiled marcy's death i knew it was coming (laughs) but at that time, we never saw that. Tom Savini wasn't a household name. We weren't as familiar with his work. Of course, he had done Dawn of the Dead, which right. was you know, kind of the launch of his career. He'd done some things before that, but I think that was what landed him on the map, and that was before Friday the 13th. So we didn't know him at the time. We didn't know his work, and he was very dedicated to making it very realistic. Yeah, he, he. I think he he nailed it. Um, as mm-hmm. he always does. I just speaking of Marcy, I, I got her. Uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, Jean. Uh, uh, Jean Taylor. Uh, Janine Taylor. Yes. Janine Taylor. Right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when I got, I, I got to pick a picture for her to sign, and um, it was her death in the shower. And she wrote mm-hmm. on there, you know, uh, this is what I call my shower dream. And it reminded my me of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember the movie in the movie? She talks about the dream. Oh, yeah. Where she dies about the little drops. Of, the rain turns to blood and mm-hmm. all this stuff. happening. And it just not to cut way off Tom Savini there. It's just an amazing ride that the movie took me on all my life. And little things yeah. up to, I mean, just to, up till, uh, this year even i mean i'm learning new stuff still and and hearing things and seeing things and how it's touched the actors and their lives and you know and the new generation watching it and it just it still blows my mind i'm sorry i I didn't mean to cut you off there but wow no you're you're fine i have a feeling that this is gonna twist and turns and take a lot of a lot of um plot twists if you will uh that's what the conversation is for so yeah don't 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 worry about taking it in all these different directions. And let's uh, I want to get back to Janine Taylor's um, shower dream scene, too. That is one thing that I've always um, picked up on. And I have often said that she was the first 
psychic character of the series. And a lot of people think Tina from part seven with right. her telekinesis and being able to see the future. But she, when she's talking to Jack, she's telling him about, you know, the rain and the, the flood washing away in little rivers and how she called it her shower dream. And then that night she's in the shower, it's raining. She gets an ax to the face, which obviously her blood would have washed, you know, away down the drain i would imagine eventually you know her body was moved but that was her shower dream it was it, it was a premonition that she had had and it, and it happened exactly that that stuck with me early uh that even before it really sank into what was going on just the whole setup for that scene uh mm-hmm. is it, scary in its own right but to look back and to realize all the stuff you're seeing and what you picked up on, didn't really realize you were picking up. It's just, I think it's truly horrifying. It mm-hmm. is. Yes, it is. And that's, um, like I said, the characters, the characters were great. Um, a lot of these films have a character that a lot of fans would say should have been the final girl or should have been the final guy. And I believe this is something that we may have talked about um, previously, but I feel Brenda is that character who could yep. have been a final girl. She was, she, I mean, yeah, she was playing strip monopoly, but you know, she was, she was getting ready to bear it all, but she didn't bear it all, yeah. you know, and Alice was right there next to her and Bill was right there. And, but you know, she, she was that the sweet girl who was quiet and she was thoughtful and she was there to work. And when she heard someone who needed help, she went out in the rain with nothing but a flashlight to help. Exactly. Yeah. It, uh, <clears throat> as a matter of her, it's off screen, her death, but the buildup yeah. to it, she hears the voice, it, uh, it still frightens me. I remember as a kid just seeing mm-hmm. her walking in the rain, hearing what sounded like a little boy needing help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it honestly sent shivers down my spine. It still does. And yeah. I think it was just the luck of the draw with Alice. She stayed with Bill and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was safety there. Brenda went off yeah. on her own and that was just bad luck on the. Yep. If, but yeah. And if I remember correctly, the novelization of the movie, Brenda was shot with an arrow and I don't remember where it pierced, but I think it. Uh, nah, I honestly don't remember. I just remember, I think she was hit by an arrow and she's standing in front of the archery range, which kind of is a breadcrumb to how she was killed yeah it sets it up really good in the movie with her in front of the target Mm -hmm. Uh, the lights come on she can't see and then you hear the scream and you know it saved them some money i guess not showing the kill but it was uh yeah it set it up to where you knew what happened and yeah still sends chills man just talking about it does a lot of things in that movie sends chills and another one is annie she's your marion crane she is oh, yeah. Hitchcock's character. She's she's the red herring, if you will, the one you don't expect to to be killed off. And here she is, was it twenty minutes into the movie, and this is the equivalent of the shower scene. She's in the woods being chased, and the next thing you know, she's she's body count. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was that was brilliant because if they're going to kill off Annie, who you think is to be the main character. <laughs> you know that nobody is safe. This movie could take you anywhere, and it does. Yeah, it really does. It, uh, it. I think the first two are the best at capturing the woods and the and the yeah. uh, remoteness and the, 
I think that's what really grabbed you and Annie's death. Mm -hmm. um, I knew when she left that road for the safety of the woods that, you know, the safety would turn into her undoing. You saw it coming, but yeah. it's just, wow. Yeah, another, like you said, Marion Crane, it was just, I, I still, I hold it as one of the top horror movies of all time still. It's just, it's a genius the way it's set up. You just notice all this stuff and yes. you know, pick up well, on it. You and I will be talking, for the listeners, just so they know, uh, Jimmy and I, we will be talking about the Paramount 8, Friday the 13th, over the next few weeks. Part 5 is my favorite in the franchise. Part 3 is my favorite movie ever. Yep. Franchise or not. But, um, uh, you know, we'll be talking about Part 2 will be coming up next here. And I, I want to mention Adrian King. I want to do a little... A little promo shout out for her. She will be at Motor City Nightmares uh, near Detroit on July 28th, 29th, and 30th, I believe. Um, so if you're in the area, just look up Motor City Nightmares and uh, get your tickets. She'll be there along with um, Sean Cunningham will be there. Judy Aronson will also be there. And uh, uh, some of your favorite Friday the 13th alumni will be there. So that'll be that'll be fun and exciting. Um, speaking of Cunningham, one of the things that I also wanted to talk about was the poster to Friday the 13th. It said the most terrifying movie ever made or story ever told. Um, are you familiar with that, that poster? Yes. Yes. What was exactly was the tagline on that? I, I think it's interesting because that poster came out before the movie was ever shot. Yeah. The, uh, it, the, it, I think it was simply the most terrifying film you will ever see, right? I mean, it was it was it that yeah. simple? I I, I think it? it was. No, I think it was simple. I think it was a promise that was made that had a lot of filmmakers scratching their heads, saying, "Oh fuck, what did we do?" <laughs> but they delivered. Obviously, I mean, here we are, a million films and comic books and you know cartoons and artist renditions, you know later <laughs> tv it series it's, it's had it all so it, it definitely paid off and i i think cunningham really handled the situation brilliantly i i do i, I won't get into the whole legal legality of between him and victor miller but i will say i stand with miller and i'm i'm glad that he's finally oh, finding yeah. closure to that to that issue but um yeah, me too. It's uh, thanks to him uh, and creating that script. I've got <clears throat> my my all time favorite in the series, and a lot of people shun me for it because it doesn't have you know the icon of Jason, but it's uh, or at least not killing. And it's I get that, and I and I try to say, okay, well, my favorite besides the first one is is part mm -hmm. two, and then you know it kind of goes on almost up the list numerically for me. It's uh, amazing, uh, mm -hmm. but Victor, I thank him because. And you know Adrian King again mentioning her just for playing that that character. She's my she is my favorite final girl. I don't know if we actually talked about that when we talked about part three, but mm -hmm. uh, we talked about we people touched on it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I just yeah, I think Adrian uh, nailed it. I was glad to see her. You know, get to reprise if briefly in part two, <laughs> very briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was glad to see her come back too. I. I I didn't like what happened to her character, but you know it. It's the whole Marion Crane thing again. You you get your final girl back at the beginning of the next one, and that wasn't something audience members were used to 
at the time, okay. getting the final girl back and then having her taken out at the beginning of the next film that wasn't often seen if at all back then. But uh, yeah, the role of Alice, I think, I think she she nailed that beautifully, and she was she she had this air of of innocence throughout portraying Alice that just it, it made you care about her character, and it made you terrified when she was going through the whole ordeal with with Pamela Voorhees, which I also would like to touch on. I know we've only got a few minutes left on this episode, but uh, let's talk about Pamela Voorhees. Somebody had posted on Facebook today that part one was ruined for them for the simple fact, how is a woman like Mrs. Voorhees going to throw Brenda through the window? How is she going to lift Bill up to impale him on a door so high up? Um, my thing is you're going to believe Jason is a zombie going to space, going to New York, um, in Canada, going to hell, <laughs> going to Elm street, going to earth too. <laughs> but you, you can't believe that a woman can throw another woman through a window. Anyway, <laughs> back, back to my question to you, where do you think Mrs. Voorhees got her strength, um, in the original film? Well, you know, I mean, I'm always trying to put a little realism into it. And, and when you see Brenda go through the window, it's almost like she was just sitting outside the window and just kind of falls mm-hmm. through. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And then with the people, uh, I think it was Steve Christie. He was hanging from the tree. I mean, that's easy. You got leverage on the branch, a little pulling. You're going to get him up there. So to me, she didn't do anything uh, supernatural. It was almost like I think she had an adrenaline rush here and there. You know, Bill, and, and, I don't know. I can't answer that. But Yeah, and, I, you know, I think you nailed it right on the head. One of the responses on that post was somebody defending her saying she's a vengeful mother. She lost her child. She was oh, yeah. set to do this, and her adrenaline was probably going, and you can't, don't ever underestimate the power of a vengeful mother. That's the truth. Yes. But with that, I would like to say thank you to the listeners for, for checking out this episode where we talked about the original Friday the 13th. Um, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, you can go over to all the major streaming platforms such as iHeartRadio, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, check it out there. We also have um, other episodes that you could check out there with Jimmy Presley here, like I said, author of A Bloody Halloween. And you can also get a cameo shout out from myself to any any person that you like for any occasion. It's only $3. Head over to Cameo. 100% of the funds raised through Cameo will go to an animal charity donation or foundation. So in closing, Jimmy, I want to say thank you so much for joining us and listeners tune in. We will be talking about part two and three and all of the, all the way through part eight, Jason takes Manhattan within the next few weeks. So Jimmy, thank you for joining us here on this rainy night. I'm laying in my tent in the rain outside, enjoying talking to you about Friday the 13th. Yeah, me too. It's been a blast. And, you know, happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday, Jason. Absolutely. Enjoy your cake and uh, cut, <laughs> cut those pieces large with that big old machete of yours. <laughs>